Are you a technician who wants to set yourself apart? Then the Trusted Technician Podcast is for you. I'm Derek Hofrichter, coach and trainer at SBE. And on this podcast, we will have experienced HVAC coaches and trainers, as well as top performing technicians, all sharing their tips and strategies to help you be more successful. All right, everybody, welcome to the Trusted Technician Podcast. I'm Coach Derek. Today, we've got Forrest with us. Forrest is out in North Carolina at Horn HVAC. Forrest is a comfort consultant. So we're getting some more perspectives here on the podcast. Forrest, welcome. Man, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we got to start with some of the easy stuff for us. Why did you get into HVAC? So I think like a lot of people, man, to be honest, it was not, you know, I didn't wake up and dream of selling HVAC units. My mother-in-law actually uh, reached out to a uh, good family friend of theirs and I said, hey, my son-in-law is trying to make a career change. I think you'd be good, yada, 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 you know, how that conversation goes and I reached out and interviewed. And I actually started as a install apprentice. And to be honest, at that time, man, I, I barely, you know, knew how to use any of the tools necessary to install an HVAC wow. unit, right? Dangerous having me come out to your house and install a system and uh, picked it up, man. I had an install lead uh, that really knew what he was doing. Been in the industry for 25 plus years. So for me, it was easy to pick it up. Had a service manager that uh, saw some potential in me. It was like, look, we got to get in front of customers more often. Let's put you in a service truck. I think that happened pretty fast too, to be honest. You know, it's just you sink or swim kind of situation. Right. And for a little while and did really well at, you know, selling add-ons. It was never a situation where techs were selling systems. I wish it was at that point in time. I think it would have done just fine, but we were not allowed at that specific time and with that company. So it was air quality products and things of that nature and flipping leads. Um, and then got to sales. So it was just kind of climbing up the ladder situation for me. Yeah. How long ago was that, that you started as the install apprentice helper? It's, you know, I was thinking about that, man. I got three kids, so we hit the ground running <laughs> at that time. So time kind of molds all together, right? It's just one big glob of time. Sure. About seven years or so total. Give okay. Take. Yep. So now that you're selling systems and that's your focus, do you yep. think that helps you out of your sort of journey through HVAC of starting on the install side and apprenticing? I think it does, but to be honest, I think most of the ones that I talk to, the most successful sales guys, a lot of them don't have the experience. Right. I think you can get in your own way. It has helped that I had the personality for sales always. So I think that was good to have. I think it's more natural for me to sell systems than it is to install equipment. Right. So I think that was harder for me than this is. So it does in some situations, right? Specific customers, right? You're talking to an engineer or or somebody that wants those very technical questions answered. So I would say yes and no. Oh yeah, I agree. I think there's pros and cons, right? I have heard some who come from like the install background yeah. who say that oftentimes it's actually like they know too much and that impedes them on sales. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyone who has ever sat in a boot camp or anything like that, you know, Corey will always say, just shut up. Right. And <laughs> I think. The more you know, the more you get in your own way, right? So I've done a good job in the last couple of years and just listening, really. Yeah. Do you have any other sales experience? Did you ever do anything else where you were selling? Or this is like 
it. No, man, it's just, you know, I think I had a type A personality situation. So it's not a, you know, this is what I went to school for or anything like that. So I hit college real brief. I was at the beach. So it was a tad bit too much fun, right? And I had my first son, Harrison. So we're looking for a career where I can make some good money fast. And I definitely found it. Yeah. So speaking of generating revenue and making money. So last year you did what, somewhere close to two and a half million, right? In yeah. sales? Good ass. Yeah. So how was that compared to like the year before? Like what's the progression for you here? So it was actually huge, man. Was really at about a million. So I just about doubled what I sold. So it's about a million five, million four. Okay. The 2.5 was huge. More calls, higher close rate. I think it was all a good mold of that. We started focusing more on training, role-playing, which is not my favorite but we do it anyways. And you can tell even from somebody like myself who, you know, feels kind of canned when you're talking to your supervisor or somebody else and you're pretending to be Mrs. Jones and Forrest, but it, it helps, right? Because you get into those situations and you're like, okay, I've been here. Conversation flows, but just being able to ask the right questions goes a long way. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about role play for a second and the training. Cause I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that they like it or they love it. I think at best, it becomes tolerable to, to, to people or maybe where they don't like yeah. specifically go out of their way to avoid it all the time. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, like now that you're kind of accepting it, what do you feel like you really get out of role play and why did you resist it or not like it before? I like to be as candid as possible, right? I think something that separates me from some, right, is kind of that bartender to a uh, person ordering a drink conversation, right? It's just supernatural. It flows, you know, good at meeting new people and building a rapport with them. So to me, when you are role-playing and it's your manager, in my head, right, I'm thinking, all right, he's looking for me to ask a specific question and he's going to give a specific response. I'm not good at that mm -hmm. naturally. So that was the, I guess, the kind of hang up on it. It's like, man, this is so canned. You've been on ride-alongs with me. You know, somebody might be a Boston Celtics fan and they're a banker or a guy takes the trash out and he goes fishing, right? So it's just, it's different conversations with different people. And it was just one of those things I wasn't naturally good at, but it, it helps because at the end of the day, you're trying to close a sale and there are specific questions you need to ask and there's specific answers you need to get if you are going to get a sale, right? So... I ended up just saying, screw it and get it. Just let it happen. Just accept yeah. it and let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, being a coach, obviously I do a lot of role play and I'm on the other end of two of right of like trying to talk guys like you into, Hey, just do this with me. I promise there's some benefit in there, some value in it. So have you seen scenarios though, where you're like, man, that role play actually did come in handy for the scenario or there, wow, actually, I am actually glad we did practice that specific question a bunch. Have you now been on that side of it where you see the value in it? For sure. I think the biggest thing is being okay with an awkward silence. I think in any sales environment, you need to be okay with that because people will pick up and, you know, let's say nobody's saying anything for five seconds and then you just rip something out out of nowhere and now you're talking and they didn't ask for it, right? And you can kind of dig yourself a hole, but when you sit there and let them ponder, they typically have, you know, mouth diarrhea and you'll, you'll get to the bottom of the situation, right? Yeah. I'm glad you specifically mentioned that. Cause that's something I talk a lot when I run trainings is to just be comfortable with 
letting the homeowner think about it. Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't always have to invade their thought process, right? People aren't experts in HVAC. They're not think, sitting around thinking about it. They haven't contemplated all these things. And so when are they ever going to get the chance to think about it? If you're just hijacking their train of thought. <laughs> yes. So I definitely know some people that are successful, high pressure sales guys, but I think you have a lot higher chance of getting buyer's remorse or somebody canceling on you. The more you push or the more you try to invade how they're potentially getting to that sale or that purchase. So it's a lot easier for me to do it this way rather than, yeah. you know, jumping down somebody's throat. It works great for me. Yeah. And I know probably a lot of people listening to it. It's very common, right? They're thinking, yeah, I really struggle with someone's got to say something. I got to say something. I got to fill this. I got to have like all these things memorized or sometimes the most effective thing in the moment is just to be quiet. It's 100%, 100%. <laughs> 100% yeah. is man. Yeah. Okay. So you did close to 2.5 last year. That was a huge jump yep. from a tactics or a strategy standpoint. What do you think was that difference? You mentioned improving your close rate, improving your ticket. If you had to boil last year's improvement down to two to three things, what do you really think it was from a tactic or strategy standpoint? So definitely consistency. I am naturally very disorganized, right? So I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants. You know, I'm just kind of, I'm going, right? It's always forward. I might not be really going forward because I'm having to do things once and twice and three times. I forgot my keys. Oh shit, I got to turn back around, you know, that sort of situation. So keeping track of all my leads. I know follow-ups is something we all hate, right? But I definitely close some on follow-up calls. Understanding, um, look, slow down, ask the questions. It's okay if you go over, you know, an hour and a half, right? If you are using your time wisely and you're getting somewhere, stay there and close it, right? So it makes more sense to, to spend the time now than later. That's definitely helped. Just making sure I don't let it get away from me. You might have to ask those questions two and three times or even four, right? When people are kind of resisting to give you that answer. And I think that was a big thing for me too. It's just, look, they might not give you the right answer or the answer you're looking for to actually get the sale, but move away from it and ask it again, right? When the conversation gets more comfortable, they start giving you more information. When you first get to the house, so you're running a, a lead turnover or a marketed lead, whatever the reason was that you're now there, you sure. knocked on the door, they open, you get all the like, Hey, you know, whatever intro stuff out of the way, what do you feel like you need to accomplish in that first portion? Is there any specific strategy for kind of getting the whole thing going? I definitely will look around, right. And look for a good ice breaking question. I do on the phone, ask him if I can grab him a coffee, depending on what you know, he's saying on the phone, I might even say a six pack or a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> right? To make it a, a very obvious joke. Yeah. And that typically lets their guard down. But a good upfront contract, I definitely always try to situate them to understand, look, you know, I'm going to be out here for a specific amount of time, typically about an hour and a half. If there's meetings, you know, I don't want any surprises. If there's a meeting, I can't change that, but at least I understand, right? Going into this call, he might be away from me for 45 minutes. So I'll circle back with them with videos or company cam file photos with notes on them, things like that. Just so I'm not getting towards the end where in my mind, I'm thinking I might close this guy. And I don't know. And he says, Hey, man, I'm going to go pick my kids up. Well, I should have known that an hour ago. 
okay, so that's the strategy. So like eliminate surprises. Let's yeah. get on the same page about everything that's going to happen that's going on. Sure. Uh, it sounds so simple, but it's like not something that's common with tax, you know, running a service call either. Right. And then now, now towards the end, you're just swimming in a whole like obje this objection or this. And they kind of have you, right? Because you didn't talk about those things at the beginning. Yeah. You're in a whirlpool at that point, man. And you're just trying to figure out which way's up, which way's down, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 2023. What's the goal for this year? What are you thinking? Just making sure that I don't get in my own way, right? I might have, let's say, a Duke Power preferred lead, right? And they get sent four or five different, you know, contractor names. And like any sales rep or service technician, you get a couple in a row and you're thinking, man, you know, it's the lead's fault. It's this problem. Just throw it out, right? And just right. get rid of the mind trash and understand, look, they're going to buy something too, whether it's with you or somebody else. So do what you do and get through it, right? And just get out of your mind that it's a crappy lead or they're not going to buy anything or they're going to be cheap because people will surprise you, right? Yeah. If you put your thoughts in their mouth, I think it goes a long way. If you've ever taken the, uh, the OMG, the objective management group sales evaluation, right? There's a, there's a little, yeah, evaluation on responsibility. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what you're talking about there of if you don't sure. get the sale, whose fault is it? Right. That, that's sure. the whole like umbrella of it. And people who struggle at sales will always, it's the economy. It's uh, the time of year. It's, you know, it's this, it's this, it's this, sure. that, that happens at the lower range of that and at the higher range of it, of a high amount of responsibility, it's, I need to be better. I need to sure. fix my process. I need to ask more questions, you know, no matter what. Yeah. So even if it is like the off season during a recession with, and I'm competing against five other bids, that, that sense of responsibility sort of affects your game plan, right? Yeah. I mean, there's successful sales guys every market, right? If you look around, you're not one of them. What is the problem, right? Like you're in the same market and he's closing 3 million and you're closing one or whatever, and you're running the same amount of leads. You're both in Charlotte, right? During the same economy. Right? During the, the weather's same... exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. So. That, that's a good mindset for anyone listening to that, to keep that in mind of how you evaluate. Because if you say that it's their fault, that doesn't really put any fire in you to change. Right. And especially when you go to some of these SB things, you, you can tell there's a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life use this and are successful. So either understand that it's a successful process and just about anybody can utilize it. So most of what people need to work on in a sales environment is typically personal issues, right? Whether it's mind trash or getting the answers to questions feeling uncomfortable, you know, whatever it is, or too much technical knowledge, just get out of your own way and find a process that you like and just be consistent with it. I think that's perfect. That's well said. Let's end there. So Forrest, I'm going to let you go. Go, sure. go sell some stuff. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah, no, cheers, man. It's been fun. Are you a technician who wants to set yourself apart? 
then the Trusted Technician Podcast is for you. I'm Derek Hofrichter, coach and trainer at SBE, and on this podcast, we will have experienced HVAC coaches and trainers, as well as top-performing technicians, all sharing their tips and strategies to help you be more successful.